From the frozen tropics of Canada, you are listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jeff Gallagher welcoming all the Radio A1A listeners to the inaugural edition of The Elephant Room. Each and every week, we'll be recapping all the latest in news, politics, sports, and of course, the world of Trop Rock. Before we get started this afternoon, I would like to send a special thank you to Harry Tiford, Lyle Wilson, and my new extended family here at Radio A1A for this exciting new adventure for me here on The Elephant Room. I promise to do my very best to keep with the standards that Radio A1A has committed to, and I hope to make you all very proud. So that being said, in the words of Mills Lane, let's get it on. After another, albeit brief, government shutdown on Friday, Republican and Democratic leaders reached an agreement on the budget bill that will provide the Pentagon and domestic programs huge spending increases. The bill authorizes to raise spending caps by $300 billion over the next two years, with an additional $80 billion for the military in 2018, as well as $85 billion in 2019. The agreement also includes adding $90 billion more in disaster aid, $20 billion on infrastructure, and dedicating $6 billion towards the opioid crisis and mental health. Following the brief government shutdown, I decided to include on air today a condensed explanation of why a shutdown happens, how it's avoided, and what exactly occurs. Firstly, what causes a government shutdown is when Congress and the President fail to sign into law 12 appropriation bills, which determines the spending for specific government agencies. One of the main ways a shutdown is avoided is by members of Congress giving themselves an extension known as a continued resolution, abbreviated as a CR. This temporary funding measure keeps the federal government open and allows lawmakers more time to negotiate the remaining appropriation bills. This is actually how the U.S. government has been operating since October 1st of last year with three extensions to date. Just how long can a shutdown last? Well... As long as it takes for congressional leaders from both parties to reach an agreement to fund the government. Typically, though, it's done in a matter of days or weeks, not months. Who's affected by a government shutdown? Naturally, essential staff at top-level agencies would continue working, but federal employees deemed non-essential are sent home. This includes those who work at national parks, monuments, museums, and other jobs of that nature. But not everybody is required to take an unpaid leave. The president, his appointees, members of Congress, they are all exempt. The Postal Service, the TSA, and air traffic control all remain continuing operations. American citizens will still be able to obtain their Social Security, Medicare benefits, and food stamps. However, those expecting VA benefits, unemployment benefits, farm subsidies, and tax refunds should expect delays. The government has actually shut down 20 times since 1976 with only three of any real significance, as many of them took place over the course of a weekend. Of the three significant shutdowns, two occurred during the Clinton administration in the winter of 1995 and 1996, with the government being shut down for 26 days. The third occurred during the Obama administration in 2013, with the stalemate lasting 16 days. So I hope that sheds a little light on government shutdowns. I know politics at times can be confusing at best, so especially for those of us living the laid-back lifestyle and have had more than a few eye-openers long before the morning news. And speaking of eye-openers, I think I'm about due. More news on the way. You are listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. I'll have to spend every day and every night just smile. 
Jeff Gallagher. In a tragic story, NFL player Edwin Jackson of the Indianapolis Colts appears to be the latest and most high-profile victim of crime by someone illegally living in the United States. Jackson was killed when his ride-sharing vehicle was allegedly hit by Manuel Savala, a twice-deported immigrant from Guatemala who was reportedly driving drunk and without a valid driver's license. The tragedy of Jackson's death has poured more fuel on the ever-burning fire that is the debate on illegal immigration. Our condolences go out to the Jackson family. Hillary Clinton was back in the news this week as she continued her What Happened book tour at Georgetown University. The former DMC hopeful spoke of her crushing defeat to a crowd of loyal followers, saying her loss was largely due to misogyny, sexism, a refusal to accept the equality of women, and certainly a dismissal of women's leadership qualities. In just a little over a year since her loss to the now President Trump, Hillary Clinton has pointed the finger at many different factors, including what she says was unfair media coverage, her email accounts, Jim Comey's letter on October 28th, Russian WikiLeaks, Macedonian hackers, and even the phrase President Donald Trump has now made famous, fake news. It is apparent now that ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, was the victim of a prank phone call by two Russian comedians who offered to give him compromising dirt on President Trump, including nude photos of the president and a Russian reality television star. It has been reported that after the prank, Schiff's staff engaged in correspondence with who they thought to be a Ukrainian politician in an attempt to obtain the classified material promised in the call. The call, made a year ago, was done by Vovon and Lexus, two comedians who are notoriously known for trolling high-ranking American officials and celebrities. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau proved once again he isn't exactly the sharpest spoon in the drawer. The former drama teacher turned Prime Minister came under fire at a town hall meeting in Nanaimo, British Columbia last week when he interrupted a young woman's question immediately when she used the term mankind in her remarks. The Prime Minister, a self-professed champion of inclusion and equality, attempted to embarrass and belittle the young woman by mansplaining to her that here in Canada we use the term, and I quote, people kind, unquote. Well, no, Mr. Prime Minister, I assure you, we don't use that term. I believe the trendy, politically correct synonym you were looking for was humankind. Not people kind, humankind but I digress. Naturally, those who opposed the Prime Minister were not at all taken by surprise at his attempt at PC banter. After all, this is the same man whose government successfully lobbied to have the lyrics in the Canadian National Anthem changed from an all-thy-sons command to an all-of-us command. He is some kind of special, folks, let me tell you. 
and he's all ours. A shootout in Locust Grove, Georgia this past Friday has left one officer dead and two others injured. Henry County Sheriff Keith McBrayer said gunfire broke out as officers were serving an arrest warrant at a home in Locust Grove about 40 miles southeast of Atlanta. Locust Grove police officer Chase Maddox was killed, while Deputy Sidney Calloway was injured and now listed in stable condition. Henry County Deputy Michael Corley was also injured but was released from hospital hours later. The 39-year-old male suspect was also killed in the exchange. Officer Maddox was just 26 years old, and he leaves behind a wife who is pregnant and currently expecting their second child. Our thoughts and prayers go out with his family and colleagues at this time. And that story brings us to the first ever Elephant Room segment, Jeff's Epic Rant. Now, in the interest of full disclosure to my followers on Facebook and Twitter, these rants are heavily edited for on-air purposes. And although my passion for these subjects will be apparent, they will not be profanity-laced as typically a custom of me. Those will be saved for my upcoming podcast, The Elephant Room Uncensored. So without further ado, Jeff's Jeff's Epic Epic rant. Rant. You know, folks, I'm getting absolutely sick and tired of all these millennial agitators, social justice groups, and families of criminals who are constantly crying foul any time an officer needs to use aggressive force. I understand that your Generation X hipster parents never disciplined you with a good old butt tannin when you got out of line, or when you threw your little hissy fits as children, your new age, no spanking cool parents just accepted your tantrum as your right of expression. This has led to almost an entire generation of disrespectful, self-entitled, the world owes me a six-figure job because I'm a people, damn it, group of young adults that say nobody can tell me what to do. Well, my confused little friends, in the real world, especially when interacting with police officers, hands up means hands up. Stop resisting means stop resisting. And for the love of God, if you value your life and don't want to get shot... Drop the weapon means drop the weapon. This isn't rocket science, boys and girls, or however you wish to be identified as these days. But again, I digress. Every time I turn on the news, all I ever see is another protest on police brutality. And despite the alleged victim's family claiming their multiple felon, drug-dealing, violent child was a church-going pillar of the community, the moment an animal turns rabid and violent, it gets put down. Million-dollar athletes take a knee, Hollywood elites cry fake crocodile tears, and the leftist media eats it all up, taining the good name and efforts of our men and women that don a badge. Don't get me wrong, I am not completely oblivious to the fact that there have been many, many horrifying injustices from one too many bad cops over the last century, but it is not the norm. In a day and age where our officers face so much scrutiny from the public, yet still lay their lives on the line every single day for strangers, I say for one, these men and women should be revered and respected, much like our soldiers, past and present, to those who protect and serve, truer heroes there never were. And that is Jeff's epic rant. Please feel free to write in your rebuttals or comments about tonight's rant, and I'll read them on air next week. Send your comments to jeffgallagherelephantroom at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at The Elephant Room with Jeff Gallagher, and of course, follow us on Twitter. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Took a trip down Island Way, south I did go To that hour where nobody know where to go And the volcano blow Went to the bar for a rum and coke I asked for it very nice But when the drink came back it tasted like pure rum There was only one cube of ice I said, hey man, what kind of drink is this? It's strong and needs more ice He says, you know it may sound crazy But man, you be right Down here, the economy Be different, you soon know why Cause the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola 
the Coke is cheaper than ice. Yes, the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola. The Coke is cheaper than ice. If you want more Coca-Cola, that's a double I charge you twice. If you want to drink it nice and cold, ice is market price. Cause the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola. The Coke is cheaper than ice. He told me why this is so to hear it's a long, long way. Things you grow, things you catch are cheap, it's the island way. But if you need to bring it here or use electricity, you know that costs much more, we don't do that much. Hey, would you buy a cold drink for me? Yes, the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola, the Coke is cheaper than ice. If you want more Coca-Cola, that's a double I charge you twice. If you want to drink it nice and cold, ice is market price. Cause the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola, the Coke is cheaper than ice. Sometimes things are worth it, sometimes they are not. Sometimes you be thirsty, sometimes you just hot. Sometimes you need to have cocktail your way. Down here we drink our rum straight, it's much cheaper that way. The rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola The Coke is cheaper than ice If you want more Coca-Cola That's a double I charge you twice If you want to drink it nice and cold Ice is market price Cause the rum is cheaper than the Coca-Cola The Coke is cheaper than ice <laughs> Don't worry about rum, we've got lots of that here But bring your own Coke Welcome back to the Elephant Room. With so much of our media lives being bogged down with coverage on politics, gun control, immigration, and President Trump's tweets, I thought it would be a great change of pace to report on some of the weird and wacky stories of the past week in a segment we call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. In Northfield, Minnesota, a polydactyl cat named Paws has tied the Guinness World Record for feline with the most toes. The three-year-old has 28 toes in total, with three extra on each forepaw and one extra on each backpaw. Anyone who spent any time exploring the sites of Key West, Florida, is already familiar with our six-toed feline friends. Up to his 40 or 50 of them take up residency on the grounds of the former home-turned-museum of the famous writer Ernest Hemingway. It didn't take long for a San Francisco, California resident to cash in on the legalization of recreational marijuana. Dita Saul has students flocking to her studio to participate in ganja yoga classes, where one's passion for health and fitness comes with a buzz. The class opens with students sampling marijuana products in what is called the stoner social, then is followed up with an hour of yoga, with breaks of course, just in case you need that quick haul before the next downward dog. DeSalle believes that mindfulness and marijuana can be beneficial to her students' health, stating anti-inflammatory benefits, pain relief, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, just to name a few. While critics still question the benefits of marijuana, one thing is certain. I think Corey Young is about to tap into the yoga market. Bowl away, oh my friend. Bowl away. 
Police in Scotland were called by a farmer who thought a big cat had invaded his cow shed. Instead, police were in a 45-minute standoff with a large stuffed tiger. Police were deployed to a farm in Peterhead, sending a number of units, including an armed response team, before realizing it was a toy. No charges were filed against farmer Bruce Grubb as police described the incident as a false call made with genuine good intent. Grubb had made the call after he went to check on his cows while hosting a house party and saw the tiger on the ramp. He was reported as saying, and I quote, I was stone cold sober. The drink had nothing to do with me thinking it was real. What do you guys think? A beauty contest in Kazakhstan was thrown into chaos after one of the finalists revealed he was actually a dude. The 22-year-old, whose name I will not even attempt to pronounce on air, fooled event organizers by posing as a woman, beating out 4,000 other applicants and making it to the finals. He decided to come clean to the event organizers in the midst of being outed by people from all over the country. The organizers of the event said they were shocked by the revelation and removed him from the finals. In Texas, officials at the San Antonio Robert E. Lee High School, who were pressured to change the name of the facility due to it being named after the Confederate general, have voted to do so. The Northeast Independent School District trustees announced that the Robert E. Lee High School will be renamed the Legacy of Educational Excellence, which would leave the acronym still Lee High School. Trustee Ed White says the acronym defeats the purpose of renaming the school, while Board President Shannon Grona says the name is a compromise that retains the school's history and lessens the expensive process of rebranding under a completely different name. And that, my friends, is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Moving on to sports now. The 2018 Winter Olympics kicked off in Pyeongchang, South Korea this past weekend. Wow, try saying that five times fast. As of Sunday morning, the United States have captured two medals early in competition with Redmond Girard taking gold in men's slope-style snowboarding and Chris Master claimed the silver medal in the luge. Our Canadian hopefuls aren't doing so bad themselves. Four medals to date. Justin DeFore-Lapointe won silver in the women's freestyle skiing while Max Parrott and Mark Morris claimed silver and bronze respectively in the men's slope-style snowboarding. Finally, Canadian Ted Jan Bloman found his way to silver in the men's 5,000-meter speed skating. UFC 221 took place at the Perth Arena in Australia Saturday night. The main event saw Yoel Romero defeat Luke Rockhold via third-round knockout. The fight, which was supposed to be for the UFC interim middleweight championship, would not see a champion crown this night as Romero was unable to make weight. The co-main event saw Curtis Blades defeat MMA veteran Mark Hunt by unanimous decision. In NFL news, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson was traded this week to... The New York Yankees. You heard that right. The Texas Rangers traded the NFL star to the Yankees for future considerations. Wilson, a four-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champion, is expected to appear at the Yankees' Grapefruit League camp in Tampa, Florida sometime in February or March. The 29-year-old quarterback has no plans to follow in the footsteps of Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson in attempt to reinvent himself as a two-sport athlete, but has maintained his love for baseball and wishes to continue his time with the sport. The Philadelphia Eagles and their fans celebrated their historic Super Bowl win with a parade on Thursday. As the world knows by now, the Eagles defeated the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52, claiming their first Vince Lombardi trophy and first championship in the Super Bowl era. Philadelphia quarterback Nick Foles was named Super Bowl MVP. In other NFL news, in a shocking turn of events, Josh McDanielson will now be staying as the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Contrary to the reports of McDaniels having a done deal with the Indianapolis Colts, looks like he's staying put, and it looks like there's a coaching job available in Indianapolis. What do you say, Lyle? Get on it. And speaking of NFL coaching jobs, let's take a look at who's hired and who's fired. The Arizona Cardinals have named former Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes as their next head coach, replacing Bruce Arian, who retired after five seasons. The Chicago Bears hired Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy as their new head coach after firing John Fox. The Detroit Lions officially announced the hiring of Matt Patricia less than one day after he finished his final game as the Patriots defensive coordinator. He'll be replacing Jim Caldwell, who was fired after four seasons with the franchise. 
The New York Giants hired Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. He's taking over for the fired Ben McAdoo, who was let go near the end of the season. The Oakland Raiders announced that John Gruden will be returning to the team as their 22nd head coach in franchise history. He'll be replacing Jack Del Real, who was dismissed at the end of the regular season. And Tennessee Titans have scooped up Mike Vrabel as their next head coach. Vrabel spent last season in Houston as their defensive coordinator, taking the reins from Mike Malarkey, who previously agreed to part ways with the team. Moving on to hockey now, with the NHL trade deadline less than a month away, it's hard not to get excited with teams attempting to add that final piece of the puzzle that could bring them to sip from Lord Stanley's Cup. Here are just three of the main unrestricted free agents who could be moved as rental players come the end of deadline day. New York Islanders center John Tavares is shaping up to be this year's hot topic for the unrestricted free agents at this year's trade deadline. The Hockey News is reporting that there's a good chance Tavares could pass Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane's $10.5 million cap hit, which could make him hockey's second highest paid player behind the Edmonton Oilers' Connor McDavid. I highly doubt Tavares would be willing to leave the Islanders as he's a great fit for the club, so I wouldn't count on him going anywhere except right to the bank. Toronto Maple Leafs winger James Van Riemsdyk is the player on this list that I feel has the best chance to be moved. He's enjoying what is probably his best year with the Buds, and I would expect him to be around the 50-point mark come April. With the team so deep up front, having Van Riemsdyk on the third line seems like a great problem to have, but the Leafs may want to ship him out while they can still get something good for him, and while teams are looking for a player like JVR. Sorry, Leafs fans, I think he gone. And lastly, right-winger James Neal from the league's shockingly first-place expansion team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, is having his best season since his days in Pittsburgh, racking up 23 goals and 36 points. So far this season, with the Golden Knights already locking in some key components, it's looking like Neal could be next. As much as I would like to see him removed from what are one of the ugliest uniforms in league history, this guy's staying put. The NHL trade deadline is February 26th. And that's it for sports. More from the Elephant Room right after the break. We'd be fun, we'd be free, we'd be something she need. Let's just grow some. And then smoke some We'd be naturally kind We'd be happy all the time We could joke some If we talk some Oh yeah now Bull away oh Bull away For pain, infirmity, or in these days, anxiety. Well, I can show you, you let me show you that instead of taking pills and deadly pharmaceuticals, will help your body, cleanse your body. Oh, yeah, now. Just nature, Mother Nature, Colorado got it right. We'd be burning there tonight. Don't despise it. Oh, yeah, legalize it. enough to me open your mind now and you might find out 
If you take a little puff, elevate over just enough to enjoy it. Relax, enjoy it. So we'd be fine, cause he make it. Oh no, don't forsake it. Oh yeah, la la back to the elephant room my name is jeff gallagher here's what's happening in the world of trop rock a huge congratulations is in order to our fellow trop rocker randy moore who performed at the world famous ernest tub midnight jamboree this past weekend mr moore whose hits include sunshine state of mind and refugee is a top tier performer here in the world of trop rock and his music is constantly making appearances on radio a1a's trop 40 countdown the ernest tub midnight jamboree is the second longest running radio program in history the show airs saturdays on 650 wsm at midnight night. The Trop Rock Music Association is having a logo design contest and is reaching out for ideas from the public. The winning designer will receive a TMRA prize pack as well as a 10-year membership to the TMRAs. Send your submissions to markfriedman at outlook.com by 5 p.m. on February 19th. Starting next week, we would like to introduce the Radio A1A Trop Rock concert listings. If you would like to have your events mentioned here on the Elephant Room, please email me at jeffgallagherelephantroom at gmail.com. Jump on this free advertising while you still can. In case you missed it, here's the weekly Trop 40 Countdown's top five songs for the week of February 11, 2018. Number five, Overboard, Joe Downing. Number four, Beach Girl by Alan Ronco. Number three, Last Call, Rudy Cox. Number two, My Way by Alan Ronco. And the number one song of the weekly Trop 40 countdown for the week of February 11, 2018 is The Coast of Marseille by Keith Sykes. Congratulations. Just a reminder, the weekly Trop 40 hosted by Mayor Gonzo Mays and Harry T airs Sundays at noon Keys time and is voted on by you, the fans. For any businesses interested in becoming a sponsor of the Elephant Room, please reach out to Harry Teeford on our website, RadioA1A.com. So before I step out today by leaving everybody with the top five songs of the weekly Trop 40 countdown, I would just like to thank everybody for tuning in and supporting me on this new crazy journey of mine. Once again, I gotta send a special thank you out to Harry Teeford, Lyle Wilson, and everybody at Radio A1A for this great opportunity. So for the first time, and hopefully not the last time, this is Jeff Gallagher from the frozen tropics of Canada saying, It's cold out there. Drink warm thoughts. You've been listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Sure, I would have 
time to go Remember 
takes me away to paradise Forever and ever you and I Beach girl
think I got it As I watch the waves hit the sand She's the answer For all the good that's in my life No turning back now Time to open up old souls Never thought I'd see the sunrise As I stand so right into your eyes I can get lost sometimes But I always realize It's your love Your touch Your kiss That I just can't resist You're my way My way You caught me by surprise That sweet, beautiful smile The warmth of your kiss I never get enough She crashes up to me When I feel I just can't win I never thought I'd see the sunrise It's still so right until you rise I can get lost sometimes But I always realize it's your love, your touch, your kiss that I just can't resist. You're my way, Turning back, love has found its way in this dreamer of the oceans. He's here to stay for the one who stole his heart from the way. It's your love, your touch, your kiss. That I just can't resist You're my world I sat there on the coast of Marseille My thoughts came by like a dream in my hand How good it be to hold you How good it be to feel like that again Would you be remembering me? I asked that question time and again And the answer came and haunted me so I didn't want to think it again Oh, I didn't want to think it You, you make it so hard to forget That I, oh I, I 
stopped loving you yet. When I left the coast of Marseille, I hadn't done what I'd come to do. I spent all the money I'd saved, and I never did get over you. I never did get over you. 